This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Lorenz, Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Big day yesterday, announcement of the Western Bass Shootout. little breaking news there on BTL if you haven't had a chance to listen to that out. After the Ken Duke and Charlie Hartley episode, we went live again uh, with the details on what I am going to call what they're trying to make the Bass Master Classic of the West Coast. You have the top Apex guys, the top Wild West guys the top one bass guys and the top MLF uh, Toyota series guys, 50 guys, $2,000 entry fee, $100,000 first place this April, Sacramento, California, Delta, big outdoor expo worth a listen to that. Had, uh, had Ken Mon to talk about that uh, yesterday. And today, today we have a little bit of a follow-up from a show that we did last week with who I deem the most interesting man in professional bass fishing, which is none other than uh, Fred Kentawi. And and during that episode, uh, we were perusing a, a, a tournament that he caught an 11 pounder in. And, and the beautiful thing about the internet, the way we have it, I pulled it, pulled it up. And there was just a, a treasure trove of names that are some of the biggest names in the sport. I think Zaldane was like leading that tournament. And there were just a crazy number of names that were in there. Well, one of the names that was in there was, be height brett height the man himself uh and and for that i believe it was what one year one year two years one year he uh he had an interesting team deal well that led me down the team deal rabbit hole so i called brett and i said hey let's do a team deal show brett let's catch up with you see what's going on out in arizona and talk about the team deals brett what's up dude morning thanks for jumping on bto yeah thanks for having me we'll uh we'll reminisce about some uh classic team deals that were uh, given out through the FLW Walmart uh, kind of, I guess, kind of stream there for a long time. You know, FLW had a great partnership with Walmart and really kind of led the way in getting non-endemic sponsors involved in fishing. You went through four. You had four team deals through yeah. that. We'll get into all four of those because combined, I, I told you this yesterday, combined, your four team deals make up a Miami beach cop. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that was a pretty good uh, analogy. We'll, ex we'll explain to that. Uh, dude, I feel like that's a very sought after shirt. Those are not very common, are they? The jackhammer shirts. Yeah, I, I, I know a guy. I know. I only see like the guys wearing the jackhammer shirts. There's shirts that become <laughs> popular. And every time I've seen one, I've been like, dude, those are freaking killer shirts. <laughs> Thanks. Are those still rolling just as good as they were when they first came out? Or is that like part of a, is that now just part of the arsenal? Yeah, and they it's are. yeah we're selling a bunch of them. You know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, there's been some knockoffs of it, but uh, you know, it's just like in hangouts, people still buy the original, whether it's the Cinco or, you know, or the jackhammer, um, 
you know, it's probably, I mean, there's been more one, more money won on a jackhammer than any other bladed bait in the, in the world. So um, pretty hard to beat those stats. What was the year? What was the, like, what was the year? If you were to say the bladed jig, the biggest year for it now, throw in the, uh, rad lures and then throw in the introduction of the jackhammer like in your opinion what was the biggest year for a bladed jig like where it just blew up uh i don't i would say maybe um well in 08 when i won back to back you know it was still kind of like a hush hush deal even though um i won two hundred fifty thousand dollars on it in like three weeks People still didn't really catch on, I would say, till probably like 14 when I won uh, Okeechobee, then won uh, Lake Seminole, and uh, obviously Zona, and we uh, we did a lot of stuff on it. Yeah. That was the first year the sales went nuts then, like absolutely. Yeah, and, then, and we didn't even have the jackhammer out then. Um, I was using a... a kind of OG that the old Phoenix vibrating jig. And I knew the thing could get a lot better. So um, after those tournaments, uh, that's when Marizo Shmuzu and I um, got with Evergreen and, you know, kind of decided that uh, we, we just wanted to make the best bladed jig out on the market. And I think, you know, it probably released around 17 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I got second at, uh, What's that place in uh, South uh, on the Santee River um, below uh, Santee Lake? The Cooper River? The Cooper River. Yeah. There you go. What is that? Uh, Winyaw Bay. Bay. Winyaw Bay. Yeah. yeah. And that's when I had the first, I, w I was, got second with the prototypes. Um, and then after that, I think we came out with it about a year later. And um, of course, you know, Hank Cherry won the classic on it. Uh, we had a lot, um, a lot of stuff. Ott won the classic on it, um, and then Edwin Evers won uh, Redcrest on it. So, I mean, we had like two classic winners in a row, uh, throwing pretty much uh, one of their main bases, a jackhammer, and the Redcrest winner. So, um, I would say, you know that. Like 19 to 21 was just really, we, we sold a lot of baits. I don't think it's talked about much, but you know, we did that documentary. It's still on the uh, BTL YouTube channel of with yeah. uh, rad lures and then the transition to Z-Man. But I don't think there's been a bait that's been as successful that has gone through so many like evolutions, just little design tweaks, but also with companies because it was a small company and then they needed the trailers and stuff and then they ran out of production. This is the truncated version. So then sure. Z-Man took over that. So then when... When the and listen, I'm getting the bladed jig talk out of the way so we can get to the other stuff. It's already in the comments. We're just gonna we're 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 the elephant in the room. You cannot do an interview with you without talking about it. I, do you ever get sick of that, Brett? No, I mean it. It's it. It's kind of uh, flattering to me because I mean people come to me for information about bladed jigs. You know, I, I'm I'm the guy. The guy. Uh, and I I happen to know a little bit about them and caught a few bass on them, but. What's, what's neat to me is I get a lot of feedback from whether it's fans or friends, you know, saying that they caught their biggest bass on the jackhammer. Um, just cool stuff like that, you know, how, how it's really yeah. helped their fishing game. 
But so you and Marizo were with Evergreen, which back at the time, Evergreen was kind of like the, I want to say Evergreen was kind of like Lucky Craft when it first came on where everyone was like, ooh, those are freaking cool. And then they caught on. But, you know, with the with the uh, primarily the shower blows. Yeah. Uh, but a bunch of cool stuff with Evergreen. So Evergreen, no no relation to Z-Man whatsoever or anything. You guys would have make a better one. But I'm assuming because of how well Rad Lures did with their... And this is just semantics, but I'm assuming with how well Rad Lures did with their patents and all of the back end that they did it, it was hard to make one that works. So your option would have to be to partner with Z-Man in a way, add the Japanese elements, add what you guys want, and create kind of a partnership there. Fair, fair, rough assessment of how that ended up having to go down. Yes, yeah, because uh, we were just going to make the jackhammer for a JDM only because of the patent. So we just wanted—I wanted Marizo and I wanted a tournament tournament bait that I could use and he could use, and it was just going to be a JDM bait um, because it's a U.S. patent, not a uh asian patents oh so, is that why there's so many different bladed jigs over in the jdm yeah. market like the that jackal and all that stuff because they don't it's the oh my gosh i just realized that so you listen to like uh epic eric and some of these guys and they're like look at this bladed jig look at this bladed jig and you're like what the where the heck are, how come we've never seen these they're you're not legally allowed to sell them in the united states that's right so after oh. that uh that cooper river at winyaw bay i kind of let the cat out of the bag. And then Daniel at Z-Man called me and it's like, um, we just started talking and he's like, Hey, how about, how about if we, you guys already have all the design done. Like, how about we buy it from you and, and sell it under Evergreen and Z-Man's branding. So it's just been a great partnership. Those guys are awesome to work with. Kind of give me a free reign on colors and um, different ideas that we're working on. And, it's just been a great, great partnership with Evergreen and with Z-Man. And then the way I understand it, it's not like you guys jacked the price up to 15 or 16 bucks. It it costs an incredible amount of money, not only because of those components, but also the like international trade or bringing it over or something like you're, there's a lot of, of money into each one of those baits before it hits. It's not like a billion percent markup on that thing. No, right? it isn't. There's a lot of hands in the basket, you know, yeah. Evergreen makes it, then we sell it to yep. Z-Man and then Z-Man sells it to a distributor or to a <laughs> major, and then it gets sold to the, to the retailer. So there's just a lot of, a lot of moving parts in it, but, um, as all the jackhammer fans out there know, they're, 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 it's worth the $15.99. Yeah, you got the swim bait guys, you got the frog guys, I, I think you got the balsa guys, and you got the jackhammer guys. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you just you just have a bunch of, I mean, you get mobbed everywhere you go. <laughs> well, they know where to come to get them, the guys on tour, so... Yeah. I, get, I get asked every once in a while what uh, if I got any back stock. So you're alt. Is that an exercise bike behind you with exercise shoes? That's a Peloton. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You have a pellet. You your backdrop is a Peloton. Yep. The jackhammer sales must be pretty good. Behind. <laughs> Do you have I've the? I've actually been riding it lately, so. Do you have the like customized coach that you have the little screen and they come on and they're like, we're going up a hill, Brett, pedal harder. 
yeah. I mean, you can, there's all sorts of different stuff you can do with that thing. I just do like a 30 minute ride, just kind of get the juices flowing, you know? And you live in the only, like one of the only parts of the country you could actually do that outside. Well, but lately, the last two days I've been riding it because it's been raining today. Normally I go for a hike, um, mountains all around the house. Um, but when it's soggy, wet and raining, you got to get your cardio in somewhere else. I hear you. All right. I want to dive right into this, uh, FLW team deals, a lot of stuff going on in the professional bass fishing industry. Uh, the most, in my opinion, the most overused term in the sport, in the sport, in the professional bass fishing is grow the sport. And uh, I had Ken Duke on yesterday and I asked him, what, why is history important? What's it? What, who cares? Like who cares about what happened in the eight? And he, he had a pretty good reasoning as to kind of learning for the future from the past and things and just having an understanding of what's going on. Dude, if you took 2003 to 2008, maybe even a little bit before that, and implanted it right now in 2021 with what happened at FLW with what people would be like, holy cow, this thing is going NASCAR. This thing is going PGA. Some of the yep. stuff that was going on 15, 20 years ago with camera angles, live shows, team deals, boat wraps, professional angling, exposure, where you guys were, how you were seen was mind blowing. If you really go back and look at it compared to where we are, now that was a hell of a time brett yeah we were actually i mean we were fishing for more money in the mid mid 2000s um than than we are now you know i mean it um unfortunately i mean the, the sport, sport hasn't really grown grown it's actually kind of gone backwards on payouts um since that that time you know i think we had like four of those super tournaments or two of those super tournaments a year where that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars for first and just crazy payouts and um big activations a lot of money being was being spent um you know on those big activations and things like that and of course that was all led by the relationship with walmart that was that was where they you know were getting the all the leads to these non-endemic sponsors. I mean, guys, I think it was 2007. I don't know how much Hulk Hogan cost, but he literally was the face of FLW fantasy fishing. And they gave away a million dollars to the winner of the Forestwood cup. And they gave away a million dollars to the fantasy fishing winner. Now yeah. we don't have to get into how that, payout was structured and what happened to it but at the time they won a million dollars yeah it was pretty awesome yeah uh my first major tour victory at uh yeah at lake toho right there uh hulk hogan was there on the dock uh the, that was the day the final day i believe and he said what? hey brother <laughs> what do you remember about that we're looking at at uh hulk hogan in a in a uh uh black fantasy fishing cutoff t-shirt i mean pythons out in his prime blonde hair coming out of the uh, out of the tied on hat deal shaking brett height's hand i mean that's yeah. the hulk hogan dude like that had to yeah. did that not spin you out going into the morning <laughs> i was like okay i don't really understand hulk hogan with fishing but you know what whatever you know i guess erwin 
was buddies with him or something like that. So, you know, there's always a backstory to it, but a little odd to have Hulk Hogan as our spokesperson, but uh, hey, whatever works. Uh, how did those team deals work? Because we're going to get into them. I've heard a bunch of different stuff from a bunch of different people. I don't, I'm, I'm sure you had to sign NDAs at the time. Are those like gone, done? Can you actually talk about how a freaking FLW team deal worked? Because I heard guys being like, oh, they're, these guys are making a million dollars on this. They're getting all this stuff. And then I heard other guys going, they get their entry fees paid for and they can't get any additional sponsors and they're in jail as long as they're on a team deal. I've heard it across the entire board, Brett. No, I mean, I would say most of them were, you know, getting their entry fees paid with some kind of salary and then a truck um, to use from Chevy. You know, they had a whole fleet of whether you wanted a Suburban or a truck. Um, so and then uh, I mean, you could have your own sponsors and everything like that. But of course, on those final days, you had to have sponsor compliant. If it wasn't one of their sponsors, you couldn't wear that logo. So kind of didn't really help. Uh, your, your personal stuff, unless they were a, a, a sponsor of FLW at the time. So when you kind of first came over, you did like a crazy, you went from white t-shirt to Imodium to Copper Tone to Dunkin' Donuts to National Guard all in a five-year span, right? Yeah, that white t-shirt was the, um, that was the first uh what would have been the Everstart western tournament at lake pleasant on my on my uh home lake and i won and all i had was i was fishing the top 150s then and all i had <laughs> all i had was bass jerseys i flew home right. to fish the tournament and so they're like oh you can't wear that i'm like okay what what am i supposed to wear so a white t-shirt with a Everstart sticker on there, you know? Like a literal so, sticker, like a bumper sticker peeled yeah, off and slapped yeah, onto the white t-shirt. Yeah, that's all they had. I'm like, okay, you guys want us to, I mean, we can't wear any of our stuff. And then you, you give us a white t-shirt and put a sticker on it. Let's look a little bit more professional. So how'd you end up on a team deal then? Does F did FLW approach you? Was it was it based on on your uh, performance and having won? How do you end up on a specific team? Did you get to choose? What was that process like? Yeah, um, well, in two thousand five was my last year on the top one fifties because two thousand six was uh, when they switched over to the elites, and you know, I, as a up and coming bass fisherman, our Entry fees went from like 15000 to 55000 And they said, hey, by the way, <laughs> you got two months to figure it out. And I just wasn't going to take that risk in my, uh, my young career at that time, you know, because if things go bad, you're, you're in a world of hurt. So kind of took a year off, fished, I don't know, five days a week around, around Arizona and fished all the Western stuff and made a change to Ranger. They were very uh, uh, influenced um, to help me get a team deal. Obviously, they were a big partner owned by the same company. That's when Irwin owned Ranger and FLW at the same time. So, um, yeah, they uh, kind of brokered the deal, and that, that's kind of how the cards started falling. 
did you get a did you get to pick who you wanted to be or did they just did you just get a call or an email that says this is yeah, you you would just get a call and say here's the deal and here's a sponsor do you want it or not all right so it's 2007 7 you you're over on you're on the FLW tour Yep. Things are rolling. You have the ever start. You've been established at Bass. And I apologize. I didn't realize you'd fished that many tournaments on the, I mean, you were established already. So that had to help with your, yeah, that's kind of when yeah. I really started covering. It was 2006 is when I really, the very first year of the elite series, when I started following all this stuff, like hardcore. So you get a, a call or email. Someone's like, Hey, you possibly interested in an FLW team deal. Yep. And you're going, yeah, yeah. Boat truck entry fees that's i mean yeah that's, that's a that's a huge thing for you know kind of a young young angler you know if you can get your entry fee i mean and they were five thousand dollar entry fees i was fishing the western um national guard which were pretty much a tour level event they had 200 guys paid the same um we had the bps uh and then we had the national guards and then of course the tour so fishing four westerns and then whatever i think there was six or seven tour events so i mean it um it was Full a schedule it was a opportunity for me uh and then they say hey here's your team deal yeah and it was modium ad chewables easy chews yeah easy chews i mean you got to have the easy chews now so, listen, it, uh, not not laughing at you, but I mean, was there a moment where you were like, "Boy, that's a," I mean, there's a lot of options out there, and that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> whatever pays the bills, man. I mean, it, it. Yeah. See, there we go. Yeah, whatever pays the bills. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I. I mean just to have the opportunity i i was like okay yeah i'll take it you know i'll rock the emodium so i didn't see, couldn't find one of the boat but did you have the boat wrapped too yeah boat truck boat and truck wrapped boat truck and jersey so you toured the country in the emodium ad easy choose yeah the shit stops here that was my motto did you have to like learn? Did they? Here's my other question. Did you have to like have an in depth knowledge of the product? Did you get like years supply of easy chews sent to your house? Like what was the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a whole, I got a whole, a whole <laughs> giant box full of like, you know, two, you know, it's like a little, little packet. Like, like if you go to the gas station, you got to buy some Tylenol and you yeah. get like two pills. Yeah. I had a gigantic box full of easy chews. So you'd just be tossing about, you'd be handing them out to kids at gas station. Hey, well, hey, kids. What's funny is uh, when, when, you, when you're sitting there waiting before takeoff and you see a guy doing a beeline towards your boat and he's like, hey, be hype. You got any of those easy chews? <laughs> and you're like, uh-huh. You're, you're in a little trouble. You're in, some, you're in a pickle this morning, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the guys guys on the trolling motor he's coming in hot you know like bangs off the side of your boat he's like dude i i need the hookup you felt like a dang drug dealer you're like hey uh is this legal <laughs> who got the most easy chews from you over that year 
Because I, I mean, dude, I got buddies who I'm like, you got to go again. Like every morning, it's like, how do you you start your morning out like that, man? I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah, I no, no. I uh, like, but but when when there is emergency, it can't it can't come in handy. Th- there is so <laughs> then I a whole uh, Ziploc bag full of them in the boat. Um, did you have for, people stop you all the time, like honk and? Do you like on the road? Like, did you get a lot more publicity? Do you think of people going, look, look at that thing rolling down I ten? They were like, oh, this guy, he's he's shameless, man. He'll he'll take money from anybody. <laughs> uh, but that was so that was like a one year deal. So then, like the next year, they're like, hey, we we want to switch you, or did you did you put in a request, or how did you end up go from how'd you go from uh anti diarrheal to to uh sun sunscreen? Uh, I don't know. I, so Amodium AD is owned by Johnson and Johnson, okay. um, which I think owns Tylenol. Yeah. They decided, I think they had a two or three year contract, decided not to renew their contract. So they got a, um, copper tone came on and, uh, I was like, yeah, that, that's a little more, you know, that's a little cooler. So that's but what I think a lot of the common fans don't understand is all these deals were big conglomerates. So their deal was, Hey, they have a boat and a truck wrap a lot on impressions, a lot on uh, visibility, but then it was up to like the team deal managers to decide who gets it. It's not like you're talking with the guy who invented a modium AD and he's like, yes, you are my guy. It's, it's distri- distributed through these massive brands, right? That's correct. Yeah. They, they, Pretty much there was a FLW was the broker for these deals. You know, they'd go and get the deal signed up and then they would show this, obviously the sponsor, like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's five guys that might fit, you know, what you're looking for in your brand. And then they would say, yeah, um, you know, go ahead and ask them if, if they'd like to be on the team. Now I feel like some guys, isn't it like Greg Bohannon? Aren't there a couple guys that like have kept what they started like a long time ago as a team deal? And then like, I mean, those things are gone obviously now, but they, they're still branded with those brands that were familiar team deals. Like I feel like Pringles. Pringles and yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Greg lives in that Northwest Arkansas um, home of Walmart and has a good relation with some of those companies. And that's why okay. he's, you know, it, if you can get in with those companies and obviously uh, if the, the, the staff stays the same and you can keep that relationship, um, those are, I mean, they're, they're big companies and they, you know, they got, they got money to spend. All right. Uh, then you went from copper tone. So that was copper tone a couple years. I feel like that was more than one year. I can't remember. I think it was only one. To be or honest. you just, you won in the cop. You won in the copper tone jersey, though. Yeah, I won uh, Toho and then the Cal Delta for the. Uh, West okay, Coast. maybe that's why it seems so, yeah. so uh, prevalent. And then, uh, then you had a season of Dunkin' Donuts. That's right. Yeah, Dunkin'. That Donuts was a fun coffee. rap. It was Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Oh, coffee exclusively. Yeah. So you, I mean, obviously you could. Um, you could go buy your Dunkin' Donuts coffee at your local Walmart, you know, the stuff that you would get at the regular donut shop. So that was what they're really pushing, um, was pretty much the coffee brand. 
And did they use you in any like marketing stuff for all this? Like, did you ever go into a uh, Walmart and there you are going 72 miles an hour at the end of aisle seven, which is the Imodium AD aisle. And you're like, holy cow, that's me. <clears throat> no, I mean, sometimes we'd have these meet and greets at Walmart. Um, you know, they'd have it set up for a couple hours where, you know, you hand out, I don't think we handed out a modium, but, you know, handed out free Snickers bars and people like you would think there's like they're little tiny miniature Snickers bars. And you thought you gave somebody like a gold ring or something. It's like, whoa, man, these people are really getting excited about a free Snickers bar. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is you, you are in a Walmart. So, you, you know, uh, you're. The, the whole variety of people that go into Walmarts are, are, are pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a Walmart in the middle of Oklahoma. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you see it all. Then this is the one that I'm really curious about because this, it, when you hear FLW team deals from back in the day, this was the juggernaut. This was the, the gold standard that all others were, were judged by. And that was the national guard team. Uh, that had to be a pretty cool team to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, National Guard is awesome. I mean, we did a lot of really cool stuff with um, a lot of soldiers. You know, we'd have soldier events pretty much every single tournament. Um, if you didn't make the cut, take out take out a couple soldiers with you. Um, just got to interact with a lot of really um, awesome people who served our country. And that was one that I feel like there are a lot of guys that, you know, Scott Martin, synonymous with National Guard, Justin Lucas, even as a co-angler, synonymous yeah. with uh, with National Guard. Uh, that one lasted a long time, too. That's that's probably the long, longest running one, wasn't it? Like I just as far Kellogg, as uh, independent. I, I think Kellogg's was probably the longest running one. That and Fuji. Um, they were there for a long, long time. And Castrol. Um, David Dudley was on Castro forever. Yeah. Um, so I, I think those were, you know, and then, then, uh, BP was a big one. Um, yep. They had a really big team and that was a, that was a good deal. Um, and national guard Kellogg's Fuji. And then yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Here. Fuji just kind of shrivel up <laughs> when the digital age of a, of a cell phone camera. Was it, was it block it on Fuji? Block it was on Fuji. And Dude, that would be a on. that would be the best show ever with Randy Blockett. Did he resist going from the throwaway Fuji film and the film roll cameras to the cell phone camera when they came out? Did he feel like that technology was just too much of a too much of an advantage to be able to instantly take photos of people and look at them now? I mean, yeah. that's basically live photos, Brett. Let's be honest here. That, that was is. taken out of his pocketbook with the Fuji film. Yep, that's right. Yeah, you, you didn't have to go to Walgreens to get your box camera developed. And then, then you realize that not one of the pictures is a good picture. I mean, think of how think of think of the advantage. Think of the advantage that people with social media had who had the ability to take a photo and instantly instantly share it to the world with the cell phone camera. It it I yeah. mean all right, we're going to take a break. We kind of got ahead of ourselves here because when we come back, I want to roll. Uh, I want to roll with Brett. Continue that kind of theme. I'll probably field a call from Blockett here in about thirty seconds. Uh, I want to name 
the most iconic and some of the best FLW team deals, boats, wraps, and brands from the FLW team deals. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got over 20 right here, Brett. And some of these are, are iconic. Some of them are great. Yeah, they are. See what I did there? I got you. You know, who am I talking about? They're uh, Dave great. Dave LaFibra. Yeah. All right. Yeah. BTL. What day, what day of the week is it? It's a Tuesday. It's Tuesday, yeah, January sure. 17th. Brett yeah. Height, live from his Peloton room in Arizona. We'll be back right after this. Introducing HDS Pro. Watch fish reacting to your lure live with Active Target 2. Get game changing clarity in the megahertz range with the new Active Imaging HD sonar. Find the richest fishing spots with CMAPS charts. Take full control of your boat with the ultimate fishing system, HDS Pro. The more you see, the more you catch. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough. And I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up. You're bad about getting water, it runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down range. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is I made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got enough pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water man brain that's 30k baby 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet super warm if it's cold in the winter time you put on your hydronaut you're gonna be a much more comfortable person if you don't want to just look sexy at dairy queen wear your hydronaut we got it from small to 5x most rain gear does not come in that many sizes you got waist adjusting straps we can make it fit you no matter what the environment is we want you to be comfortable we want you to be dry you gotta check it out it ain't gonna let you down elite series pro daryl gleason here my Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But... 
don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xonlures.com and check them out for yourself. All right. Welcome back. BTL on a Tuesday with the man, Brett Height. Uh, talking FLW team deals from the past, uh, kind of learning more about it. I feel like that's just like an era like that everyone goes, yeah, that's a, that was the team deal era. Do you agree yeah. on that? Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, there was a bunch of guys. I mean, I think Hack, Hackney had a deal there um, before he I really. I remember him ball. in a Lando Lakes jersey with the big thing. Did he was he a Lando Lakes guy for a year? Was What's he a that? Lando Lake? Was he a Lando Lakes guy for a year? I thought he was Team Yamaha there for a while. Um, I knew that. I remember that when he was still in a Ranger. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there was a bunch of guys who kind of started their career through that uh, that team yeah. kind of deal. All right, let's go through some of the iconic ones, Brett. And if you're listening uh, or watching live, feel free jump in in the in the instant feedback here i don't know if can you see that brett do you have your screen pulled up to where you can see that on the side it should be scrolling down the side i don't know if you can see that uh yeah well uh clay dusted or having a degenerative conversation over there now but uh if you if you have a team deal that sticks out to you from back in the day while you were covering and maybe it's just me because that's when i really started i started intern for jeffries in 2007 uh so that was kind of the as it as it the heyday of the team deals. So these are the ones that stick out for me. Number one, and I don't know why, but I have always loved this. Mustache, orange. Come on. What? Older Alvin Shaw and the Cheez-It boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Big, was all part of the, the Kellogg's brand, I believe. Yep. Yep. Big fan of Alvin Shaw and the Cheez-It's boat. Yeah, very iconic. Very iconic. Uh, yeah. The other one that I feel was underrated that people don't talk about, loved the weed eater, the weed eater jersey. Yeah, or the Poland, Poland chainsaw. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't know if we can find that. But who was who was the Poland chainsaw guy? I don't remember, but they had it. But yeah, the weed eater. Uh, what else? Land of Lakes is a big one. Yeah. All right, we're, we'll we'll start here. Uh, Greg Pugh and Snickers. Yes, he had like a couple couple crazy good years there. Greg Pugh did, and and synonymous with the Snickers wrap. Agree with me there? Correct. Uh, obviously, the Keebler. Yep, they that was Keebler. <laughs> that, that was just too easy. That's, that was a good that, one. That's what that's what David Walker. That's his nickname, La Keebler. Keebler, didn't he have the three little Keebler elves on the wrap too? Oh yeah. 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 And the cookies. And the cookies. He was Tony the Tiger, I've thought, for a while too. Yeah, I thought he was too. Um Kellogg's with the uh the Clark Wenlet. Yep. I would have to put that one probably outside of the National Guard wraps, as far as unique ones, I think the Tony the Tiger, the Kellogg's rap is is the number one team deal rap in history. Like, yeah. find a but pick pick a better one. Prove me wrong on that one, Brett. Hmm. I mean, dude, it was the Tony the Tiger boat rap. It was that yeah. thing was freaking awesome. On it. Yeah, it had the stripes on it, and it lasted a long time. And he was winning yeah. Angler of the Years out of that thing. Yep. Yeah, and then you had uh, K 
Castrol was there for a long, long time. Yeah, but uh, the Castrol they, wasn't as cool as the Frosted. Oh, it wasn't as cool, but it was iconic. As the Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Um, I, I did have a Fuji film. Uh, Jim Dillard and Capri Sun. He still has the Capri Sun wrap truck. Now, I don't know how uh, how if that's still active or not, but he still has the Capri Sun truck that he toasts all the opens. Gotcha. Yeah. He, he, he kept that uh, relationship going. I didn't even know they made Capri Sun anymore. Absolutely. I think that's still the drink of choice for like youth soccer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I've always thought like if Capri Sun could do a pouch that would be a little bit bigger, but then there was a port in the back of the pouch that you could add like vodka. Yeah. So Cap you could have a Capri, Capri Sun, Sun shooter. an adult pouch. Yeah. Yeah. You want to step it up a notch, hit the back pouch and whammo. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the pop tarts that that's an iconic one. Yeah. That was all in That was still in, I think under that Kellogg and the other, uh, Oh yeah. Duracell. Oh dude, that was Michael Bennett. Yeah. 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 Had, the team uh, Duracell, some of the jerseys had the bunny on it. Some of them were the copper top. They had multiple layers of the Duracell. Yes. And then you had, uh, you had like, uh, Bounty, I think. Yeah, game. Then, uh, yeah, you, it, there was that huge Procter and Gamble team there for a while. PNG is um, that the that one the Prevacit fell under? What's that? The Prevacit boat, Dan Maybe. Moorhead. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it pink? Well, pink stripe down at the bottom. Yeah. Prevacit. Yeah. yeah. Antacid. Yeah, I mean they they went through a bunch of them. You know, it was. Uh, there was either those companies that really liked it or they were in for a year and they were like, nah, we're out. Was, uh, Clay wants to know the Paw Patrol, was that a, that was a one-off deal. That wasn't a team deal, was it? No, that wasn't a team deal. That wasn't a team deal. Uh, and then uh, the, well, obviously probably the most two famous teams, teams of all time, I would put as the National Guard team and the Crown Royal team. But the Crown Royal team wasn't an FLW deal, was it? That was like a, no, a separate. That, that was sub. That was a different. Uh, There's a guy I forget his name because I was rooming with Aaron for uh, a couple of those years when he was um, with the Crown Royal. That was based a uh, guy out of Atlanta that put that whole team together with um, Peter T. You know, and obviously Aaron was probably the biggest star on that. Um, skeet was, yeah skeet was there for i think he was there for a year or so you know but aaron aaron was there from the get-go and um was really kind of the, the star of that yeah. whole team. but they, totally unrelated to flw but the most famous team deal of all time oh, like that yeah. was freaking do you remember when that came out especially with those west coast guys on it like that had to be super yeah. badass like holy yeah, that cow, was that's... awesome i mean they and they'd get those uh, Ford uh, excursions and they'd have them all. This was before wraps, really. You know, they would paint these excursions like white and purple. And I mean, it was it was it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I mean, they put a bunch of money into it. Yeah, I think I got uh, just for Savannah, I think I got Duracell and Energizer mixed up. One of them has the yeah. bunny. One of them doesn't. Yeah, Energizer has the bunny. Come on. Which one? But Michael Bennett was. He was Duracell. He was Duracell. And then 
He went to Febreze. How could I forget Febreze? Remember the baby oh. blue Febreze jerseys that were out for a year? Yeah. I mean, it just make, it, it, it thinks you're going to be smelling good stuff with the baby blue. You know? Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, the Quaker State. Quaker State was big in it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to add a third team because when the Elite Series first came out, in that 06, I think 07, 08, there was the uh, Sitco team. John yes. Cruz, I think. Was it Marty Stone? Gerald and Swindle? Gerald. Yep. I was on, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, it was an oil filter um, company that me and Gerald and Marty were on, too. I, um, I'll think of it. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Starts with uh, P. Pure later. Yep. Team Pure later. Well, uh, yeah, there were some beverages. Do you weren't there a, a plethora of different like Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper, all sorts of weird one-off uh, beverage jerseys for a year or two? Yeah, Seven Up. I think Shad Skank was Seven Up for a long time, if I, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, those companies they would just. If it was under Procter and Gamble, you know, they would line out, let's say there was eight team deals under Procter and Gamble. They they would every year they might switch up the uh, you know, what what products they would want to push that year. And then obviously they would kind of keep some of the iconic brands that they always used. Oh yeah. First million dollar winner, Scott Suggs in the Folgers jersey. He yeah. was Folgers for a long time. Long time, yep. That kind of burnt red jersey with the Folgers across it, that was iconic. Yep, and then Michael Bennett won the next year, I believe. Yeah, oh, Mountain Dew, that was big. Wasn't Jason Christie wrapped in Dew yes, when he first he came on Dew FLW guy, Tour? Yep. There are a number of Dew guys. He was diet. Was he diet Dew for one? I can't keep up. you are got the computer. Uh, well, I mean, you can't look this stuff up. This stuff doesn't exist anymore. It's hard to find out. I do remember, I do remember he had had the. So when he went back to the Elite Series or went to the Elite Series from the FLW tour, he had been due for a couple of years. I don't know if it was individual with a team deal, but he wasn't due when he won one of the Elite Series. But Bass was sponsored by Due. Yeah. Diet Due. And Mercer was on stage drinking one. Christie's in the hot seat, and he asks Jason if he wants a Diet Mountain Dew. And Jason just looks at him. He goes, I don't drink that stuff anymore. (laughs) 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 Now, he might be back with it now, but uh, uh, yeah, the Diet Mountain Dew's done a lot for bass fishing. Like, they are very active as far as into that. Yeah, yeah, a number of guys are. uh, And they do a lot of active stuff on social media, but. I'm sure we're leaving some out because of the old, older days back in there. Like, yeah, the Fuji oh, yeah. film stuff, like that was the first. Did you ever have to wear one of those? Uh, or was that where you, did you go after where you had to wear the battery belt for the microphone and the hat cam and the net cam and stuff? Or did you ever have to wear one of those? Yeah, yeah. In, in 08, when I when I won uh, the Delta and, and Toho, I wore that battery belt thing. And that was... Uh, always interesting was that as heavy as it looked i mean after you started fishing it it wasn't bad but here's the bad thing they had you know it was like a fanny pack and they put it on your back 
So when you went to move or run, that thing's like in the back of your seat the whole time. So you had to like slide it around. I mean, it was just completely uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, you just kind of tried to zone that stuff out and just go fishing. But, yeah, there was a lot of distractions. And, you know, they when when you're under their realm, you kind of just go with the flow. But, uh, you know, I... I, I told myself I would never be in the situation where somebody else um, kind of manages my sponsorships because you get left in the dark a lot without, uh, you know, having full communication with your sponsors. I like to actually communicate with your sponsors and and pretty much control your own destiny, not what uh, um, somebody else wants wants out of the sponsor. It, yeah, because then when when that goes away, you're kind of just yeah. have a month or two to figure out what the heck you're going to do for the following season. That's exactly right. Yeah, when uh, you know they'd kind of keep you in the dark on the deal and um, never really have communication with those sponsors. It always went through FLW, and it, it it just it by the end of it, it just got so frustrating. I just I told myself I was never going to put myself in that um, in that situation professionally again there was also uh i wouldn't say dissension but a lot of the pro and the elite series did this too with the dirty dozen and they had all the sponsored boats and stuff for a number of years but on that final day if you weren't on a team deal you, they put you in a different boat Correct. and different electronics different trolling motor everything i mean you got to this point and then you had to wear that their jersey on the tv show in their boat and that was a big a big deal with the uh sponsors as far and the anglers as far as working to be able to represent their own sponsors on the final day both on flw and on the elite series now i know people say well mlf is doing that they're doing that in the cup events which are made for tv events always have been since they introduced in 2011 yep. uh specialty events that you qualify for through uh the BPT standings and and things like that. So it's not like a regular season event on the BPT where they're asking you to, you know what you're getting into with that. And I think that is a critical component to the success of BPT and MLF are those uh, team events now uh, that, that used to be the cup events for so many years. Fair assessment there. I just needed to get that for, out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those are specialty events that, um, you know, they sell all that, that sponsorship and, um, they do very well selling that stuff because they, they know it's going to be on TV. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's what we really strived for is to be able to fish out of our boats on final days um, when everybody's watching to represent our sponsors. Sponsorship wise, answer this how you want to. Would you rather have a, a lucrative multi-year title sponsor? Or would you rather have an enduring royalty deal? Um, I, don't I don't know how to answer that, but you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, like yeah. what's I mean, what? It, it, it just depends, you know. I mean, it, if a royalty deal, if it's a hot selling bait, you know, it, it's it could be good. Um, and then you know, it, it's you try. I think you try to find the happy median, you know, in 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 your career where if you can have a couple of good royalty deals and have, um, you know, solid contracts with your, with your sponsors, that's really what everybody's looking for. 
underutilized in the industry, in your opinion, guys and royalty deals on baits, or does everyone know about? It? I feel like just talking to guys, it's it's under it's underutilized. Like to me, it makes sense. You create sure. a bait, you have a part of it. Hey, if I don't perform, I don't get paid. But if I have a bait that goes through the the moon. Now yeah. I'm actually getting compensated for years and years and years. And it's also marketable across the entire platform. It's not just one or two guys. It makes sense to me because the more, the, the better the company does, the better you do that. Yep. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody. Um, but, you know, it, as you know, I mean, it, it's hard to come up with a, uh, a bait that's, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a winning bait that everybody wants to throw. You know, it's just, uh, I, I've been, uh, very blessed to uh, have uh, the rela relationship with Evergreen and Marizo and, you know, designing the jack, helping design Jackhammer and how successful it's been. Along with the Zocco too, you know, I um, went to Yamamoto and I'd been with them since 1998. And finally I'm like, Hey, we got to build a trailer for this thing. And obviously it's one of the best selling trailers for a, a uh, Played a jig on the market. That's crazy. Hey, are you are you cool with Dino? I know you're both Arizona guys. With who? Dino Rojas. Oh, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today is uh, <laughs> I didn't. He just got on. Today is the 22nd anniversary of his 45-2. Yeah, I was at that tournament. You were at that tournament. All right. Well, Dean's Dean's with us. <laughs> what's up? What's up, Dean? Hey guys, how we doing? Uh, apparently we ended up in a in a Arizona vortex. Like I didn't know you were gonna yeah. just jump on now. I got Brett Hyde on. We're talking I need to be talking to you about royalty and team deals and all that stuff because you got but I got Brett Hyde on. I just wanted to jump on for two seconds. I'm not done with Brett. Are you good, Brett? You don't have to be anywhere, do you? Okay. No, um, cool, man. B Hyde's cool, man. Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a long way from up there right now. <laughs> all right. What is today, Dean, and where are you? Well, today is uh, January 17th. It is the uh, 22nd anniversary of the 45 pounds, two ounces. And guess where I'm at right now? Lake Toho. I'm sitting here, right here. I remember walking up. Actually, I parked the boat like right there. It's a lot changed by now, but uh, you can see this walkway here. I remember idling on in and parking right here. And then as we walk back this way, you kind of see... This is where the backstage was, uh, where I weighed in the 45 pounds, uh, two ounces, uh, 22 years ago today. Now, now you can't even be on Toho right now. You're just filming, right? Like not yeah, on the water. I, no, I'm on, I'm on dry land right now. I just got here. Uh, I had to drop my blazer this morning off to get uh, wrapped. So came on over here. Uh, I'm going to do another video, obviously for my Facebook and my, all the social media stuff. But Matt, you came first on BTL, of course. And uh, but it's a special day today, so I, I kind of celebrate it. As many of you know who follow me, uh, you, I, every year I do something special. So this is the first time I've been back here on the exact day and uh, the time. So I mean, what time is it right now? It's about ten thirty right now. Yeah. Twenty two years ago, I had a ten twelve and a nine, uh, four and a half and a two and a half in the boat at this time. It wasn't until about twelve o'clock that I I caught another ten. So. Uh, it's kind of cool reliving the whole the whole deal. All right, Brett and I were just reminiscing uh, over the past uh, thirty minutes over the best old school FLW team deals, the most iconic FLW team deals. 
What's your your take? I mean, you've been around, you've seen it all. If you were to name your top three favorite old school team deals, just from the look, the whole thing and everything, who you got, Dean? I think there was like a, wasn't there like a Viagra one as well? I, I think there was a Cialis, Dean. Cialis, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's what, that's was there a Cialis? <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't have that. No, I didn't ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was also the, uh, the Yamaha deal. Of course, I didn't run a Ranger back then, so those were all the team deals. So I, I never was uh, part yeah, of that. But who did you think were the coolest team deals? I always thought the BF Goodrich uh, team was like the, the the yellow and the and the black and the silver. It looked really sharp, uh, picture wise. But all that was like brand new. It was cool back then, you know. And uh, it was cool to have those teams and everybody looking the same. For that time, you know, that period of time during the FLW deal when they had all that Walmart stuff going on. That's good stuff. All right, Dean. I just want to thank you for jumping on. Anniversary of 45-2. Got two Arizona guys. I'm going to continue with B-Hype, but I knew that you had a very short time window. Yeah, I did. I did. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, thanks for everything. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. See all you right. See you. See you later, B-Hype. All right. Well, there you go. Didn't expect that, did you? No, that was cool. Yeah, I was at that tournament. What was funny is we were, Skeet and I ended up, uh, like, I remember pre-practicing for that tournament, okay? And they had, like, crazy, like, uh, record-breaking cold weather, like, two weeks before the tournament. Like, it froze a bunch of the orange groves and everything. I mean, it was, like, wind chill was, like, 18 degrees or something like that so it got super it was super super cold and then the week of practice it was the full moon and it was like 85 degrees and fishing was really tough the first two days of practice and so i ran skeet and i ran all the way to the Kissimmee river to catch like eight pounds and i get to the weigh-in in that boat basin and I hear like the first weight said like 38 pounds. And I'm like, what? Uh huh. And I'm like, what? I just drove like 70 miles to catch eight pounds. And, and I'm like, who, who's winning? Yeah. Rojas has 45. I'm like, what? Wait, 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 what did you say? Yeah. Rojas has 45. Like Mark Davis has like 42. I'm like, <laughs> and they're all catching them with inside of the launch ramp. I was like, oh, I, Skeet and I were laughing. We were like, we, we were so far off of it when those fish decided to flood the bank and get on the beds. I mean, they were just catching giant ones. So it was, uh, it was pretty funny. Skeet and I still laugh about that. We're like, we drove literally 70 miles away from the best fishing that bass fishing has ever seen. So I had never been on Toho and obviously we had an open there last year. And I know it's off limits for you guys. You got a, a event there, but uh, I I remember coming in and, and Hallman, Brad Hallman was like, yeah, that's where Dean caught him. And I'm like, huh? What, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, yeah. Right there. And I'm like, right there. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no way. And he's like, yeah, dude, like it, it freaking went down right there. And I'm like, no joke. And he's like, yep, right there. It was not, uh, yeah, I, I bet he, uh, we should have asked him how many gallons of gas he burned the whole week. I think he said he burned like a gallon and a half. Yeah, it was not much. I, I remember mean, he's I told the story before. Aaron had 40 pounds, I think, too. Or I mean, it was just, it was insane. I was like, 
And then I was rooming with Aaron at that tournament. And he's like, you know, you can just, I can hear him right now. Bro, it's so easy. They're everywhere. You just gotta, you gotta put the trailer down. They're everywhere. I'm like, what do you mean they're everywhere? They're everywhere. They're giant ones. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just roamed around for the next day or so trying to find some big ones. And I mean, after the first day, they got a little bit tougher because everybody just absolutely throttled them right there. Yeah, you were 37 pounds out of the lead after day one. Yeah. After day one. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, what What, what do you do then? You know? I remember was- Dean talking about that, and he he's described it before where he would be fishing, and he said he would see these seven to 12 pounders what like just waddling into he said flooding the banks like like he'd be fishing for one and like three would be like swimming past him looking for an area to get up there and get on a bed with the buck he said it it, it was the absolute perfect storm yeah i mean for a real hard spawn in florida you got to have that big cold snap prior and then a real fast warm up and then those fish really flood the bank hard but if you just if if florida just has kind of a mediocre winter and not a bunch of cold snaps then you know they just kind of the you know there'll be a big pod of them move up this week and then another pod next week but literally every bass in the lake tried to spawn like one weekend there and we just happened to be there when you've had your mega bags in Florida, I mean, you've had, you've had 30 plus. Yeah. 35 did, at, at uh, Okeechobee one time. My did you know going out that day that you were about to maul them? Uh, I had a pretty good idea that I, I was on some good ones, but when you start off the day with like two, eight pounders, you're like, okay, yeah, this could, this could be going in the right direction. And then, um, then next thing you know, you look in the live well and you got five giant ones and you're like, okay, 35 pounds. Yeah. I'll take that for the first day. I mean, does that feel surreal? I know you're a professional. It's what you do for a living. You've caught uh, big bags I mean, before, but yeah, everything just went, went right. It, it, uh, it was really setting up the way that I kind of had found uh, glimmers of hope of what I was doing fishing offshore hydrilla. Um, and years past at Okeechobee and um, it was kind of funny everybody was on like the reed lines and I was just out there in the middle just winding my chatterbait and throwing a Senko and uh, and a swim jig I caught them on all three of those and um, you know I really kind of had it to myself and they were just a lot of those fish were spawning out there on that uh, outside grass line just deeper spawners that didn't get all the pressure that uh, the hard reed line did. Yeah, you've had some absolute blowout derbies in your day. Like when you get on them, you freaking get on them. Yeah, that Brent and I had probably one of the most epic battles at the Cal Delta um, when I won the National Guard there. I think I had like 105 or 104 pounds and Brent had 102. I mean, just we just absolutely wrecked them. I mean, it was it was like five pounder after five pounder after five pounder. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. It was probably the <clears throat> the best fishing I'd ever seen was at that Cal Delta tournament. We'll take our final break. When we come back, and we'll wrap things up with B Height. Uh, talk about what you have going on currently, getting ready for uh, a new season, how some of the fans and listeners can keep up uh, with you. And uh, I'll take like one or two questions. If you have any 
I've seen some questions. Everything's everything's jackhammer related. <laughs> you're you're a one trick pony at this point, Brett. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. How have you ever had? What did you? How did you ever catch a fish before the bladed jig came know. about? It's a it's a freaking miracle. All right, uh, BTL on a Tuesday. Hey, special guest Dean Rojas jumping in on the anniversary yeah. of 45-2 from the marina where he pulled his boat up. That was cool. Big shout out to Dean on that. Also, wrapping things up with B Height. We will be back right after this. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Bend holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-aught, 4-aught, and 5-aught, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute, every day on the water, is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Get that beast. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. The new Android series is the peak of the Denali lineup and offers the ultimate Denali experience. The Android series features 36-ton multi-directional graphite combined with interlock blank technology for added strength. Each rod is outfitted with royal titanium guides that will not fail. The blank is fitted into an easy-touch, soft-feel EVA foam grip with exposed blank reel seat. This all allows the Android to transmit every movement of your bait and even the most subtle bites. The Android series is the finest rod Denali has ever made and offers an angler the ultimate fishing experience with a limited lifetime warranty. See the full lineup of Android rods at DenaliRods.com. Wrapping things up on a Tuesday with the man Brett Height. Seriously, though, can you buy those shirts or do you have to be given them? Are they available for purchase? No, they're not. So I was right that it is a it is a specialty T-shirt. 
Yeah, you got to be in the cool kids club. Why don't they sell those? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would buy them. They probably would. How do you get in the cool kids club? Got to be a cool Like, are kid. we talking, are there like 20 of those, 100 of those? Like, is it just you and Marizo that just wear the jackhammer shirt around and giggle? There's a few out there on tour. All right. That's, that was one of the main questions that we had earlier in the show was yeah. how to get the hands on them. You got a very, you have a very edgy outfit today because your spider on the hat is also very angular. That's right. Got to get the tatula. All right. Uh, questions. Questions for Brett as we wrap it up. What do you got? What, what do you got going now? You're going. It's weird to me that you are. You're a seasoned veteran. Like when I, I remember when I first covered us, it was like, the, you know, Brett Hyde, a young guy out of the West Coast. And I mean, I was just a kid, too. But I mean, you're like decades into this thing now. And there's like crazy number of guys in their 20s. We've seen uh, Dakota Ebert's a little older, but we've seen what uh, Kyle Hall did on FLW this year. Dakota Ebert, that deal with Michael Neal. He's like mid 30s yeah. wheeler all these guys are crazy young and crazy good is it weird to be a generation of like there's a whole nother generation now yeah you want to know a fun fact about michael neal yeah uh the first day at toho when i won i think i had like 24 pounds he was like 16 years old and he was my co-angler oh when was this in 2008 on the tour yeah he was he was the co-angler when when i won it uh he was my co-angler when i won it uh toho no way yeah hold on hold on i, I pull it up i'm pulling this up it doesn't even Oh, it does. 2008. I didn't even know he fished as a co-angler. He fished two years as a co-angler. Yeah. And he got smoked. He finished. He fished all six in 2008. He finished 93rd in the standings, made $2,300. Fished five in 2009, never even cashed a check. Triple digits, 103rd. So 2008, Toho, you back-ended the hell out of him, Brett. Yeah, now now he's taking it out on me. You he zeroed <laughs> with you. He, he's taking it out on me. So you oh. had how much? You had how much? I think I had like twenty four pounds or something, twenty three or twenty four pounds. And he didn't even catch it. And that's a twelve inch limit there. That is a twelve inch limit there. He didn't yeah, even I catch did. a twelve inch. Do do you vividly like remember that day? Like, yeah. was he good? Um. Yeah, I mean, he was good. He was very respectful, just like how Michael is now. I mean, um, but, you know, he was just young, trying to learn. And obviously, he learned some stuff. <laughs> he's, he's kicking everybody's butt now. He's one of the hottest fishermen in the world. Um, but, you know, he, Michael's always respectful and tries to stay out of your way. I think he kind of, after I had a big limit, you know, or had, you know, three or four good ones in the live well, he just... Um, really respected my water and never got in my way. And I appreciate that. That's good stuff. Uh, plans for this year. You gonna make a run at it this year. 
Yeah, that's the plan, man. I've been getting my stuff ready for the last couple, two or three weeks and um, getting all my ducks in a row and got my new Vexus and Mercury sitting in the garage. Just been tinkering with that, dropping my boat off to get wrapped on Thursday, flying to uh, the Tri-Cities in Washington to Nixon's Marine to do a show this weekend, come back, and I think I'm going to leave on the uh, 28th um, to start heading East, eastbound and down. Very nice. You're still rolling Sunline, right? I am. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I was looking at all the, one of the interesting, you've been with them forever. Yeah. I think since 2002. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Been with them for a long time, seeing the brand really grow and just have so much confidence. And, and when, when you tie a bait on that, you know, um, you're never going to, you're not going to have any issues and just, just such a great product. They've got like 9,000 different types of line and I'm working on getting from, uh, I'm working on getting someone from Sunline on to talk about the different dynamics as far as stretch, abrasion, resistance. They have all those weird like diagrams on it. But uh, this is a, a, a question that I know some people have. If you were to just pick two or three brands going into the 2023 season, let's say you're just fishing you know, a BFL division or from the back of the boat, you want to get a couple, a couple different spools that covers a gamut. I know you've had like the ex exclusive chatterbait line that's been out before and there's all that. If you just pick two or three of them to cover you in 90% of situations, say as a spinning rod application, a flipping and a winding baits, give me, give me two or three different spools that you're going to make sure you pick up. Yeah. I mean, my number one um, day in and day out is sniper FC sniper. It's uh, just super limp line. It's super strong. Um, I mean, that's that's what I, I throw most of my stuff on is FC Sniper. It's it's been the stable and and their um, their lineup. It's just good all around fishing line. Like I said, it's limp. It does not real coily. Doesn't have a lot of memory. It's super strong. Um, it's thin, and it's at a good price point too. So I I mean that. That's one that's uh, probably on 95% of my rods uh, most of the time. And, you know, for like a spinning, spinning reel, I've really gotten into that, uh, that deep new D braid, which is a, it's a pink colored braid. Um, it was it actually it was designed by Marizo. It's a spinning, it's a spinning rod specific braid. Um, and been using that in like a 15 pound to a, uh, obviously FC sniper leader. Um, okay. I've heard really about this. I've seen it on a couple of the sunline guys, uh, lines. Let me, yeah, it's a pink, it's a pink braid. So that I mean, it? yep, that's it. Okay. What's the deal with that? Because I've had, I think Hallman's using it of all people, Brad Hallman's like, Hey, this is great spinning rod braid. And here's Brad Hallman using pink braid on one of his yeah, spinning it, rod. It, it's the best spinning rod braid I've ever used. I mean, it's super strong. At, it's a sinking braid, so it's good for, you know, fishing structure with a uh, with a spinning rod. And, I mean, whether it's yellow or orange or pink, I, I just – I like the high-vis because if you got a, a green-colored, uh, you know, let's say a 15- or 10-pound test um, braided line and it's cloudy that day, it's really hard to pick it up. Um, when, when you're not deep, but really been liking that, that braid. I got it a couple, maybe a year and a half ago, and that's all I've been using. So 
guys are looking for a really good spinning rod braid. Try that D braid by Sunline. All right. 40 bucks for a spool of that stuff, but that's a one and done for the year, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I was getting ready to change. Uh, I got one with a new spool on it and then two other spinning reels that have been on there all year long and it's still good. I mean, so it really, you spend 40 bucks and it lasts you probably, I mean, it'll last you until you get down to the knot, but uh, it's, it's just really, really good stuff. Super silky in the, in the guides. I like that where it doesn't, um, you know, have a rough sound going through the guides. And are you going 15 as a whole or are you going, I mean, it comes I, I was, in seven, nine, 11, 13, 15, and 19. I've tried the 13, the 15 and the 19. Um, and I would say for most applications, I would say the 15 is probably the best all around because it is, it's a pretty small diameter. So, um, the 15, it, it's it's really pretty pretty tiny. Um, I, I I I would say that's probably my favorite all the way around. I like it. I'm glad I asked that question because I actually had questions. And the thing, so when I heard first about it, it was that it was sinking, and that was the big thing. So most braid floats on the surface when you're fishing a finesse application. It's like, hey, this is getting the Ned rig down quicker. This is getting your shaky head down there. This is make getting your Nico uh, or your wacky worm down as opposed to being with the line pulling it. It's going to give you the more of that feel like you're fishing uh, straight fluorocarbon, Matt. Okay. But it's... And then it's good all-around braid i mean it i really really like it and are you using the uh sniper as your leader then or are you going with I am. The, okay yeah yeah i'm using sniper or um you know i will switch up um like fishing out west here when i'm going to a smaller line diameter normally when i'm fishing on tour i'm usually using like an eight pound sniper leader um but Around here, when I'm trying to be a little bit more finesse, maybe like a six-pound shooter or a seven-pound shooter, um, just something a little bit more abrasion-resistant, but um, that shooter is super thin, and uh, it's just a little bit tougher line. So when you start going down in line size, um, I like to go up to a little bit more abrasion-resistant line. That's good stuff. Your af af affinity and, and uh, ability with the light stuff, I think has been overshadowed over the past decade. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, me and Aaron and a Kota Kariyama kind of started the whole drop shot craze, uh, fishing the Western invitationals. And, uh, that was the year I, I had a good year. I qualified for the top one fifties and made the classic when I was 21 years old. And, um, that's really, I think that was like 2000 is really when the drop shot Aaron, won a bunch of tournaments. I finished top five and a bunch of invitationals. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, won a ton of money fishing that, that drop shot. And now there's, uh, the bladed jig is like you said, kind of overshadowed it, but still, uh, love finesse fishing and still love chatterbait fishing too. How long were you able to, were you guys able to keep that drop shot under the radar? Because there's no social media back then. You're talking 2000. Yeah. If it, it's a it's a magazine article or a TV show, that's that's, that's your only option. Yeah, I mean it, it's it was uh, you know it, what what was funny is we always thought of it you know using a little nose hook fishing out deep fishing pretty much vertical and then you know as time progressed it's like 
you can fish this thing from six inches of water to 80 feet of water and be productive. I mean, it catches fish from six inches to 80 feet. Um, and it, it's just funny to see how it's kind of evolved, you know, even to like a, a Bubba shot, you know, guys, mm -hmm. you know, pitching around on braid around, you know, whether it's reeds or tulies or grass or something like that. And, and how, what a great, um, it's probably one of the best bed baits out on the market. I mean, there are techniques that you can use to bed fish. Um, and, and really you can kind of put whatever soft plastic you want on there. And you were able to keep that under the radar, but I also think, you know, the rise of the uh, jackhammer, the chatterbait coincided perfectly with social media exploding into the industry. So it was a bait that seemed to, you know, thrift and, and you with the Phoenix and a number of guys that, oh, three, oh, four, oh, five, you know, it, it talks about how those guys were using it. But once that, you know, you talked about 13, 14, 15, like where you were winning, that's when Instagram came about. That's what Facebook went like public past the universities. That's when all this stuff popped up. And it seemed like that was boom. I mean, it went from a couple of guys going, look at this weird thing to, everybody had all like everything on it. And that was the per, you could not have had a better timing in the rise with social media that kind of where you went over to the, uh, from the tour back to the elite series that year that you had the explosion of social media, your success in that bladed jig. It's, it's, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Just like you said, Matt, I mean, when, when the drop shot first came out, it, unless you saw it on a, a Bassmaster show or FLW show, or it was in a magazine article, there was no way to really um, get that knowledge out, which was probably a good thing for us for Absolutely. a little while, you know? And, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's a West Coast deal. That's a West Coast deal. And it's like, uh-huh. Now <laughs> everybody's doing it from New York to California and, and in the South, you know? I mean, it's, it's something that's pretty much on every single tour angler's rod at some point in time during the year. You're cutting edge guy. Obviously, I'm not asking you to divulge it. Is there stuff right now? Are there secret things right now that, you know, a couple guys have under their hats that are playing big time, but that they're very guarded about? Does that exist? Is it possible to exist in this day and age? Mm, I'm, there's a few little secret things out there. I don't think they're playing in a giant way. Um, not like groundbreaking like a bladed like a chatterbait mm -hmm. or a bladed jig or a drop shot technique i mean there are a couple little sneakers sneaky things out there that if the if the timing's right and the situation's right it will outproduce other techniques do you throw the hey we'll we'll bring this thing full circle we started with a modium ad and we'll end with the heavy poop yeah what is that thing poop. yeah isn't that uh, what it's called yeah, it's the it's, it's the the thing that's just a chunk of. Yeah, it looks like a giant cinco, but it's real stubby. Yeah, yeah. Have you messed with that? Is that one of the things that? I mean, guys are. I mean, I know guys are catching them on that thing. It's been a kind of pretty popular thing in Japan, and you know, guys, uh, they definitely been been catching some on it. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's you. It, that, it, that's not like a search bait, <laughs> you know, you got to, I don't know what you, kind of bait it is. What would you, what is that thing? You, you, you kind of got to find the right spot. And then, you know, it, it's, uh, 
it takes some patience because, you know, it, I mean, it, it falls fast, but if you're fishing it out on structure, it's still going to be kind of um, pull your hair out waiting for it to get to the bottom. All right. What else you got? How can, how can people uh, follow listening? You got anything big coming down the pipeline? Nothing big, just getting ready to go on tour, you know, follow, uh, follow along on Facebook, Instagram, uh, always got something going on and just going to get all my tackle ready the next couple of weeks and hit the road. Last question. Do you like that team deal? I know that they've been filming it all winter and then some of the stuff is just coming out now from some of them. I've seen the pilot. What are your thoughts on the, on the, uh, the team series that is yeah, coming it was, out. it was a really fun way to fish you know i mean um it's kind of like practicing with two other guys in the boat you know because you, you i mean you go to a lake that you've never been to and then you um you have two other guys in your ear and we're trying to figure out the pattern of the lake like instantaneously you know it's like okay you're gonna go up the creek arm or up the river we're gonna i'm gonna go in the middle of the lake and you're gonna go down by the dam and you know just sharing that information instantaneous like hey i caught one on a secondary point with rock um and then everybody starts trying to duplicate that yeah. and then try to find that pattern so it's like having two other people practicing uh and breaking down the lake at the same time instagram handle brett uh, underscore no yeah. that's not right yeah brett underscore yeah. height underscore fishing fishing yeah see you're using a spinning rod in your profile picture there you're letting yeah. people know that you're still an og yeah. it's not just the cast and crank you know how to you know how to i got the finesse Good stuff. Brett, thank you very much. Like I said, we had a surprise guest. We covered a ton of topics. We reminisced about the past. We talked about the future. You gave up a little bit of juice. We had some tips and techniques. You uh, you did not offer anybody a specific t-shirt that no one can get the target uh -huh. get. But hey, it's all good, Brett. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to jump on BTL. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you have a Peloton lesson that you're five minutes late. Yeah, right yeah I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be pedaling here in three minutes. All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for talking about BTL. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. I uh, see you. All right, that was the one and only Brett Height. Big shout out to him. Tomorrow, one of those guys who had an FLW team deal but has moved on to other things now. Justin Lucas, uh, kind of a show regular. Justin Lucas jumps on tomorrow for Wednesday, then Thursday, day four with Frank Scalish. We will be uh, giving away. Go back to the last day four. You still have another day to to enter uh, Frank's giveaway. All right, big shout out. Thank you to Brett Height and Dean Rojas. This has been another edition of BTL. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow.